Welcome to the Libertarian Tex-Mex Podcast with your host, Caesar Aguirre. Hey everybody, happy Monday. Man, I had a rough Monday. <laughs> Usually I don't. Usually I'm a pretty, you know, upbeat, positive person on Monday, but for some reason, the uh, traffic this afternoon killed me. I don't know what it was. It was it was like double the amount of people that are out there normally. Guess that's normal for a Monday. But anyways, uh, hopefully everybody had a good uh, week. Um, we are getting some more listeners, so I just want to say thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, as we go through these things, um, obviously I'm going to be um, adding a little bit more content. I think, you know, what, uh, you know, being off of a hiatus uh, for a while and then trying to get back on, I think the thing that is really the hot topic right now, obviously, is the, uh, the midterm elections. Um, so... You know, typical Democrats versus Republican conversation about who's better, or I should say nowadays, who's who's less of a creep than the other person, which is kind of a sad state of election affairs. But anyways, so uh, normally we are covering a lot of that stuff and trying to get back into a normal rhythm of things. Um, and then obviously right now with our current president, President uh, Donald Trump, he uh, definitely sucks the air out of the room <clears throat> and uh, loves to make it about him. So obviously we're going to get four years of a president who wants it to be about him, not about other people. So it's going to be very hard to focus <laughs> for four years, but it is very important because, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to be chasing our tail, so to speak, um, fighting every issue, putting every fire out. There are some things we need to cover uh, in the sense that, you know, one of the, uh, you know, the reasons why I wanted to do a podcast like this is because, you know, a lot of times we do end up just focusing on the news at hand of what's the current event and we choose a side of whether, you know, whether it's the Republican position or the Democratic position or the Independent or the Libertarian or whatever it is. And we kind of just staunchly say, this is my side, boom, I don't care what you're saying, etc. So what I want to do is try to, you know, try to bring it back down a little bit to education in terms of, you know, talking to people about what libertarianism means. It's, I think a lot of times the only time people really talk about libertarianism is during the elections when Ron Paul runs for president or Gary Johnson and then you get to hear about their positions. Um, and then we think for some reason that this is, you know, the poster child of libertarianism. And a lot of times it, it is. I mean, they get really close to what, more than most people. But at the same time, there's some fundamental principles behind it that leave room for, you know, um, how should I say, some different variations of how to solve a problem but fundamentally you know the fundamental principle is the same so I think we got to understand as libertarians libertarians what is it what does it mean what are the fundamental ideas and then 
you know, when we talk about libertarianism to other people, how do we make it more succinct, make it easier for people to digest instead of, you know, going into the weeds of things, which we, we, can, we have a tendency to do. You know, we can kind of jump the shark. I know I'm guilty of that as well, um, especially regarding immigration and open borders. Um, the idea of open borders and how it fits to the libertarian position and capitalism and free markets and everything like that. There's a fundamental issue, the fundamental connection between those two that a lot of times, you know, you, could, you can see conservatives totally miss the mark on what capitalism means. And then um, obviously with progressives or people who are advocating democratic socialism, they actually have some libertarian positions and uh, but again, I think they have to understand the link between, you know, uh, immigration, your ec economic system, and then your government structure, and then how all those three things really have to work together. Um, and they have to be on the same page, right? So, anyways, so so that's you know my goal, and then obviously you know um, I want to make it a little bit more fun. So hopefully here at some point I will start. Um, reviewing food, our favorite topic in Texas, food, man, just so much good food, so many different mixes of cultures and tastes and flavors, um, and a lot of it has some great history in this intermingling of what happens in a free market, right? You know, two different cultures get together, they share ideas, they come up with something new, they try it out in the market, people love it, etc. So I want to get through. I want to get into that as well. Um, but what I want to first, what I first want to cover is kind of what's in the news, how it connects to libertarian principles, and then go through how does that work. What are some good examples in Texas culture and Tex-Mex in in my in the name of this podcast. Um, how they how they are all related and I think that's something that's something we don't do a whole lot you know uh, when we're looking at politics we're always looking at what's what dumb thing is the president saying what are the dumb reactions that people are having to it um, you know basically what is our outrage of the day and I, I don't think we are talking about fundamentals principles right more which I think when you talk about it at that level you know you you get more agreement between conservatives and progressives about some fundamental ideas and I think the execution is really where we diverge um, on our thinking now there is some fundamental differences between the, the libertarian ideas versus the conservative and progressive ideas but it's very important to understand what they are and how they play into the, the reactions and uh, ideas that they have so anyway so um so you know last week we covered the immigration issue about immigration fears and uh you know i think i think we called it um i don't know if it's just maybe trump's easy to read now but uh obviously trump um you know tapped into those fears and maybe he had the fears himself so now this past week he was talking about removing birthright citizenship from the 14th amendment um basically uh, it's it's um a you know a, a rule under the 14th amendment that that says that if you are born on the u.s soil you are a u.s citizen 
which you think would make sense, um, like a kind of a duh duh der moment right like yeah that makes sense if you're born in a country you should be from that country right um however some people you know um i think the way the conservative position is looking at it is seeing this as a kind of a back door to uh for Im illegal immigrants to come here have children and then they become citizens um so for some reason that is viewed as as a bad thing um <clears throat> So I think the way they're the you know president and the in some some conservatives I can't say all Republicans because they a lot of people spoke against this but some people that are aligned with President Trump um, are already saying that yeah you know this is possible we're going to look into it and see if see if it's constitutional so they're already looking at ways to change the in constitutional interpretation. Uh, of the 14th Amendment. So this is a big topic right now, right? Obviously, it's going to affect a lot of people, um, you know, people who have already been, have already been born here, right? Already have citizenships. Are they going to be revoked? Um, is there going to be some courthouse battle? Is there going to be some voting amendment to it? It's up in the air. Uh, it definitely stirs the pot. And I think that's the intention of, of President Trump is to kind of make a stir about things because uh, you know it was a quiet week there's nothing else going on so uh <laughs> he had to make it about himself right so uh you know typical typical narciss narcissistic pattern of our president so you can kind of read it like clockwork you know if if the week if things are going on in the week and nobody's paying attention to him he will get your attention and i am totally guilty of it too by the way as soon as he talked about that man i went off on it um, and, uh, you know, the, the conversations I have with conservatives and conservative friends is a very difficult one because, you know, as a libertarian, as a, a third party person, um, you know, you realize that, um, that you have to be friends with people who don't have your opinions, right? Um, and, and that's something we understand as human beings, right? As libertarians, right? We understand everybody's got a different view. We have to respect those views as long as they're not hurting anybody, right? Um, and if it's malicious or violent or hurtful to somebody else, we can obviously say, step in and say, hey, I don't agree with you or I think you're wrong, right? So, you know, uh, we, we, we understand our limitations, but we also like to push them a little bit. Um, but I think... You know uh, what really tested my <laughs> my patience my my uh, how mad I was gonna get or how frustrated I was gonna get was definitely this topic about the, the 14th Amendment being removed because you know one of the every time you hear a Republican or a conservative talk about illegal immigration their major gripe is two things one that these people are coming here illegally and they're not coming here to the United States the right way what I think that means to them is that they're not, you know, filling in the proper paperwork, going around the proper channels to become, you know, get a temporary visa or U.S. citizenship or whatever it is, whatever route they're picking. They, uh, conservatives and Republicans, believe that they're just this massive amounts of people that aren't are not going the proper way intentionally because they don't want to be here legally. Um, and then the second argument uh, before I 
go dive into these things. The second argument is the fact that these uh, immigrants, illegal immigrants, are not paying taxes and they're using the system for medic medicine or schools or, or whatever whatever it is like I kind of I like to ask I like to dig a little deeper but for some reason you know conservatives are very greatly concerned about people tapping into uh, Medicaid or Medicare um, not so much about the schools which I, I, I'm glad they don't say that because it would leave another issue altogether but the fact is they're not paying taxes and they're not going coming into the United States the right way quote-unquote so you know um, looking at that you know what I, what happens with me when I get into conversations with conservatives and Republicans is when they come with me when they come at me with those things like hey well they're not paying taxes and they're they're using our system you know so the first thing I say is well you know if you give them paperwork and you give them a temporary Social Security number or a temporary work visa um, they would start paying taxes so why you know why isn't the solution to just you know put sign up booths and I think we discussed this last time it's like why don't you just put in registration booths you know on the border and get people to sign up you know and then you know have people who are looking for you know uh, for for workers um, have them there sign them up you know help them get on their feet get a job and then they're you know like regular Americans so I always ask that and I don't really get a solid answer of why don't they don't why don't they just do that uh, and then the other part that got really really frustrating last year or la last week I'm sorry was the fact that you're saying okay well there's this path to citizenship which you know is birthright citizenship you know um, it's it's you know been in the Constitution for quite a while um, and they're saying okay this is the path right you come here you work you have kids uh, you know they get their citizenship you know they go to school they do their thing they're paying you know then, then they go to you know then they get a job and then they're paying taxes so it's kind of a latent system that works to get people into a paying tax system for whatever that's worth uh, but now you know they're saying okay follow the process and you're going okay 14th amendment is the process you come here you get it you get uh, you have somebody born you have your children born here um, and then they become citizens they get school they get a job they pay taxes right eventually um, and now they're trying to remove this this thing that this amendment and this clause that's been there for a long time now and uh, so it's kind of naturally it's like you know it's kind of uh, no matter where you go with this argument even if you answer the question the, if, even if you have a solution for conservatives and Republicans they still don't care right they don't want to hear it right it and to me um, you know I gotta say I'm a little biased as a Mexican-American I know the bias you know different ethnicities have towards each other right and I think you know the kind of the view of immigrants and illegal immigrants um, to middle-class America or kind of the I really view it as more as the upper class the uppity 
uppity folks in Texas or you know wherever in the United States, um, you know they they view it as a threat that we have these people coming over from different countries, and they I, I, it's really more for me it's more of a threat to their hegemony right to their rule of this is how we do things here, um, not really uh, not really the true problem is not really that they're not paying taxes the true problem is not really that they're you know not following the proper paperwork the truth is i think most of these arguments that i get into you get you get pieces of of fear pieces of hatred pieces of xenophobia you know that's really what it is and i think we've said this before too it's really a fear of xenophobia that is fueling this anti-immigrant movement which is really bad right we've already gotten the news that you know the military is putting barbed wire and they're sending the military and then we have you know uh you know uh, private militias that are going there to guard the border and help the troops which uh hopefully the military and the border patrol say stay the hell out right um we're gonna shoot you <laughs> i don't know something uh but anyways um, so I, I think this is a, a tremendous fear that is very dangerous. You know, I, I think, you know, uh, as libertarians, uh, we, um, you know, we worry about moving into a less free society, right? And uh, obviously we kind of shorthanded by calling it socialism or communism or fascism, all pretty much within the same branch of things. But uh, we were worried the last eight years with President Obama about, you know, him moving us to a democratic social society, right? Where, you know, the government is, is taking care of health care and education and massive regulations um, and all that stuff that, uh, that we were worried is going to propel us into a society that was less free, right? And then we, two years... Two years into the role, President Trump is already moving us into the other direction of kind of what I've jokingly hash, you know, slash not jokingly calling conservative socialism, which is basically their version of state control of the of the citizen, right? So they're okay, you know, conservatives don't want you to don't want to be paying for your health care, don't want to be paying for your education. Uh, don't want you to marry a same-sex couple. Don't want you uh, to have a choice on if you want to have children or not. Um, they don't want they they you know they they don't want any of that. Um, but you know they want to control uh, a border, like you know they they want a Berlin Wall. Like what's going on? So. You know, so it's this weird conservative, what I'm calling conservative socialism, right? They want a border, they want a, they want a Berlin Wall, they want, you know, our troops on the border for checkpoints and everything like that, just like we're in, you know, communist Russia or communist China. Um, they, they are okay spying on you. Um, you know, they don't want you to marry if you're a same-sex couple. They don't want you to have, you know, the choice to choose if you want a child, of children or not. So they have this conservative socialism, right? State control of your life, and uh, I think it's just kind of ironic and funny that um, they spent the last eight years kind of bashing President Obama 
on you know turning into the, us into this socialist country, which now they have very well have moved us in that direction, right? Um, now we kind of you know a lot of people talk about fascism, but you're you know if you look at what the proponents of fascism are, it's you know a state-run economy um, where you know you have private industry, private markets working hand in hand with the government. Um, and they they are controlling as a partnership um, what people do and what people don't do and if you look at where we are today you can see that happening right I think here we call it crony capitalism um, where you know the government looks the other way um, for companies who are in the favor of government who pay for uh, lobbying and, and get special interest and, and all that um, they turn the other way and then likewise these um, private companies allow the government to run rampant um, and as long as it favors them they're totally okay uh, working in partnership with the government to to control people and uh, you know we view we view that today as crony capitalism I think maybe in the older days we want to viewed it as you know Italian fascism or something like that right uh, but you know it's kind of we're developing our own version of socialism right state control uh, you know big businesses get the favor and they get the money and they get the eye of the president um, you know smaller middle-class small business people don't even get get his attention at all um, you know they protect the border they keep you from going out they control how you move um, they control who comes, you know, who's allowed to be a citizen. They control who, um, you know, who gets rights and who doesn't get rights, gets rights. You know, there's none of the, there's no equality, right? Um, there's no open market. There's no freedom to do what you want. Um, it's only if you are in the favor of the president, right? Almost if you would say, if you're a conservative, right? If you're a super religious, you know, Caucasian, straight, you know, uh, middle class, you know, or wealthy, actually, uh, those people, the, you're, you're in hog heaven right now, right? And you don't want to give up that power. But if you're anybody else, if you're a middle class worker, blue collar, uh, you have brown skin, right? <laughs> you're a female. Um, uh, any of those traits, if you're from a different culture, um, all these things you feel like uh, the outsider now and I think that's a really bad trait that President Trump has built in um, and it is something I worry about um, you know kind of creating a civil discourse uh, but you know I think that was kind of a small uh, long time coming but anyway so um, yeah so we have the president trying to figure out if we can remove birthright citizenship in the Constitution, the 14th Amendment. And, um, you know, it's really galvanizing a lot of people um, in many different ways, which um, just lit everybody on fire, including myself. And I got to admit, it was a pretty smart move, you know, by the president. Like, he literally just dropped a bomb on everybody, and it totally galvanized the right. Like, yeah, this makes sense. Um, and then you galvanize the left and honestly everybody else who is 
a reasonably sane person was like, uh, this is, what, what the hell are you doing? You know, like what's going on here, dude? So anyways, and I think we've already covered this. I think if, if the real solution and the real, if the real worry was about people coming here and not paying taxes and not doing it the proper way, quote unquote, then why people would not just solve that problem by, by getting them right away to, you know, sign up, you know, or whatever, fill in the proper paperwork and then get them paying taxes right away. Like, why wouldn't that be the solution? Why, why are we paying $200 million just for the U.S. military to get there right now? And that's not, that's not counting in the current border patrol and the detention centers that we have there right now that are already costing us billions of dollars. Why don't they turn those places into registration booths, right? Or registration centers, you know? You catch them out there going out there and you're just like, hey, um, we got a truck right here. We're gonna give you a ride to the registration det- uh, registration center and uh, we're gonna sign you up, give you a temporary social security ID. Um, there's some people that are out there that are hiring people for jobs. If you have a, you know, identification or uh, a record that we can find just to get your approval um, or to you know basically run a, a background check, we're totally good, right? Why wouldn't the solution be a, a positive, proactive solution versus a negative reaction solution uh, that involves building a wall? I mean, it's, it's a really weird conversation I have with conservatives because they don't understand the correlation, right? They don't understand how, how building a wall and a free society or a capitalist society are totally opposite from each other, right? Um, and for some reason, they view open borders as somehow a socialist view, um, which obviously is just kind of propaganda on their side, you know, but it's kind of a kind of a dumb, a dirt, a dumb moment, right? Because, you know, if, you know, if you see any socialist country or any communist country, their borders are tightly controlled, right? You, you know, we, I, I'm, I'm going to keep using the example of the Berlin Wall, but the Berlin Wall was built by East Berlin, by communist Russia, uh, to kind of keep a dividing factor between everybody, right? They didn't want East Germans and West Germans to mix. So um, they built that wall up to keep people out. That's a communist thing, right? And guess what? You have to build a wall. Um, You have to keep people out because you're in a communist system, which, you know, basically is a you know, it's a socialist system where people have to put in to get out something, right? So it's kind of an odd conversation to have with conservatives who are really defending socialism, right? Um, You know, they're defending taxes by saying you have to pay taxes and uh, they can't come here because our tax system is screwed up, which is kind of a weird argument, right? Like I said, um, they're defending and protecting taxes um, and then on top of that, they're, you know, building walls, um, putting military on the border and then calling that freedom. How that that's just completely against the understanding of freedom. Right. Um, and the building border walls and putting military is directly in line with a communist nation. Right. So, yeah, I, I get it. I'm, I'm doing a little bit of hyperbole, but just follow me here. I mean, if you really look at countries 
who had controlled borders and controlled entries, they are countries that have higher systems of state-run things, right? Um, and that's how they maintain the control or the balance of, you know, taxes coming in versus expenditures coming out. Um, it doesn't make sense for socialist and communist countries to let everybody in um, who are not paying into taxes. Um, so it, it just, the logic behooves conservative Republicans, um, conservative socialists, I should call them. I'm going to start calling them that. But um, you would think with a capitalist, if you want to move into a more capitalist society, a more free market society where there's less government, limited government, you would absolutely remove the military. You would absolutely tear down the walls, just like President Reagan said, tear down this wall. Um, that's what you want in a free economy, in a, in a capitalist society, in an open society. You want the walls to be torn down, right? So I think the fact that conservatives are now defending socialist ideas like making everybody pay taxes, building a wall, you know, proper paperwork, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> uh, it's, it's totally antithetical to the ideas of freedom, right? Of liberty, of Texas values, right? Of you're coming here to make it on your own two feet um, and nothing can get in your way, not even government. And I think that's really what taps into the our next thing, which is talking about libertarian fundamentals, you know, the libertarian fundamentals are basically two things, right? Boiled down, but there's obviously a lot more into it. But you're talking about the position of economic and individual liberty, right? That you have the freedom to go out and do what you want, right? And be who you want without the government interfering. Um, and I think the, the, you know, the farthest we go as libertarians is, is as long as you're not hurting anybody, um, you know, then you're okay to do whatever you want. And the government shouldn't get involved um, unless you're violating someone else's rights, you know, natural rights, so to speak. So, you know, that's the idea of limited government that we assumed Republicans agreed with, with us, but... You have somebody like President Trump who is not a limited government person. He's a populist person, um, just like Bernie Sanders was. But now you're looking at the conservative version of, of Bernie Sanders is Donald Trump, um, which is another irony that conservatives were bashing Bernie Sanders as a populist candidate um, who was promoting socialism. And they voted in a populist candidate who is promoting socialist concepts. So it's kind of hypocritical but you know we got to work through these things with with conservatives to let them you know to kind of walk them down the thought process to understand where how these ideas are not really good ideas and how they move this into the direction of socialism right so anyway so you know the fundamental idea with libertarian fundamentals is economic and personal liberty right and the government is not violating those liberties. Um, it only intercedes when you are violating someone else's economic and individual liberty. And so that's where the rule of law comes in, right? You're saying you can do and practice what you want um, and this other person can do and practice what they want as long as they're not 
impeding each other from doing what they want, you should be left alone. And I think when you look at the Constitution, that's exactly how it's laid out, right? The Constitution is laid out as um, protections for individuals against the government, right? So you have the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, Third Amendment, Fourth Amendment, all those things going down. These are these are core concepts that lift that idea of economic and personal liberty, right? Uh, the right to free press, the right to practice whatever religion went to, right? Free speech, um, the right to protect yourself, right? Own a gun, right? The right to not be arrested randomly by the by the U.S. government, right? The right for you to not be accused of something that you didn't do, right? You need probable, the government needs probable cause. So these things are very fundamental to the core, you know, and the same thing goes with the 14th Amendment, right? You know, the government has to leave you alone if you are born here, right? If you are a birthright citizen, then leave them alone, right? So I think there's a fundamental missing uh something fundamentally missing in the conversation today and i think it really does have to do with the idea of we're kind of losing our fundamentals right especially especially you know the republican party conservatives i think they're losing their core value a lot faster than the democrats are and progressives right um they're still fighting for their core values but i think conservatism you know in republicans who have spent decades talking about limited government getting the government, you know, out of your choices, um, getting the government out of the free market, it's completely dwindled down to the government is favoring certain businesses, the government is favoring certain lifestyles, and the government is favoring certain people. And that's not a direction we want to go, you know, as libertarians. So I say, my, me personally, you know, when it comes to open borders, you know, the link between a free market and free movement are very important. I think a lot of people miss this when it comes to capitalism. But, uh, you know, the market moves where it needs to go, right? That's laissez-faire. So if a market is needing workers, right, and the workers aren't available, immigration is such a boon to that economy, you know? You'll have people who are willing to go for that work, who are willing and accepting that pay because they're escaping another place where they weren't getting those jobs or they weren't getting that pay. Um, so you create a natural movement, a natural flow of migration, you know, of, you know, immigration and uh, emigration and all that stuff. And for the longest time, you know, none of this was really, um, you know, tightly controlled. It's, you know, if you think about the, the Western frontier in Texas, it's been mostly pretty open for the longest time. And um, it's worked out, I think, I mean, as a fellow Texan who I've lived here and, and my families have lived here for, for generations, it's worked out just fine, right? Um, you know, we have this, you know, just amazing cult mix of cultures of Mexican and, and uh, American and Cajun and African American and Native American. And we've got... We've got all these great traditions that come together for like, you know, Frito pie or, or brisket or barbecue or Tex-Mex or Viet Cajun. We have Vietnamese and a huge influx of Vietnamese coming in the last few decades that have 
added greatly to the Texas culture. Um, and none of this was controlled immigration, right? None of this great culture that we have in Texas, um, you know, the briskets, the, uh, you know, the inch, you know, the enchiladas or Viet Cajun crawfish or breakfast tacos. I mean, none of that uh, came about through controlled regulation of immigration, right? It came literally from uncontrolled immigration, right? Or free, free market immigration. Um, and we've had some great products come from that, some great culture come about from it. And, you know, one of the things I, I think I've said before, too, is that, you know, uh, the, the mingling of cultures, the mingling of different minds and different faces and different skin colors um, really happened with food, with food right? Because obviously politically, um, and even today, right, politically people are still at each other's throats, especially, you know, white versus black versus, you know, Hispanic and Asian or whatever. You have these natural tribes that we stick to and we try to get ourselves out of. But, you know, the, the place that we really met with each other was at the restaurants, right? Um, eating food. And, you know, one of the histories we have with, with Houston and Texas and Austin and Dallas is that you had these you know, major hubs of different people from different walks of life, you know, and they come into the same restaurant, right? You have, you know, white people sitting with Mexicans and sitting with black people and all this other stuff. And, you know, they're, they're eating the same food, you know, they're under the same roof. And, you know, Tex-Mex culture came about from understanding the palate of all these different people. So maybe Mexican food was uh, maybe a little bit spicier or had some more chiles or uh, was more in favor of corn, that type of thing. And then, you know, they come in and they, they are trying to serve uh, other people besides, you know, Mexicans. And, um, and they're realizing they like it. It's okay, but they, you know, they're still a little timid about certain things. So they change the recipe. Maybe they go to flour tortillas or, you know, queso you know, what we call it queso here in Texas, um, you know, is basically was, you know, the, the Oaxacan white cheese in Mexico. Um, queso flameado, you could say, is the, the one that's cooked and melted. But a lot of people maybe didn't like it. So they added a little flour, they added a little gravy, made it a little bit more liquid, um, you know, and, and it allowed it for a palate, for more palates to enjoy it. And now you have chips and queso, which is like, legendary in texas right like we pretty much invented chips and queso and chips and salsa right chips and salsa did not is not a a, a normal routine in mexico right uh, chips and salsa is a very uniquely texan thing that uh, restaurateurs started on their own and now it's inextricably you know linked to our food we expect chips and salsa we expect chips and queso at our at the beginning of our meal so these things come about, you know, especially in Texas, we have a great history of, of Texans, um, Tex-Mex, Mexicans, um, African-Americans, right? Um, Creole, Cajun. Um, now we have an influx of Vietnamese and Chinese, um, Korean, right? Um, Korean barbecue, phenomenal, right? And you have these incredible mixes of cultures and foods that really pull people together. And I think what what I've what I've experienced in Texas 
uh, as a fellow Texan who has lived here and my family's lived here for the longest time is that this is the best way to pull people together, right? People together with food, with some uh, some hospitality, with some generosity, and you know, really become a community that way, not pushing people out because they're illegal or not. I really don't think, I really, I personally don't really care if somebody's, you know, illegal or not. I don't care about your, your paperwork with the government, you know, especially as a libertarian, you know, we, we view kind of government involvement mostly as a negative, right? So why would I care if you're checked out by the government? It's, it's kind of like almost like a, a point of pride, you know, like, you know what, dude? You're a rebel. I like you, right? Texas is made off of rebellions, right? We don't, you know, we, we, we're hard to wrangle anyways. So it's kind of like, you know what, dude, join, join the crowd, man. I, I don't like the government. I hate them. I don't even like paying taxes, right? So, you know, if you're doing it, if you're not paying taxes, well, guess what? There's plenty of corporations that don't pay taxes either. So, uh, you know, if you can get away with it, <laughs> more power to you. That's my opinion. But you know what? I don't have that natural hate in my hate in my heart to go out and start hating on people and pushing them out so i just don't have that in me but you know that's what really draws me to being a libertarian is the freedom to do what i want and the freedom to uh to well to respect other people's rights to do what they want and i think that changes the whole game altogether for me so you know looking at culture looking at how texas has managed and developed its own culture in a in a free in a mostly free market economy and a mostly free culture um it's developed into something that's incredible and i think that's i think really that's the only way texas is going to keep growing is if we keep that government to a limited fashion um and kind of get them out of our business you know so, um, you know, we as Texans have to kind of step up and agree of what we want and what our culture is. And that's really the, the real fight, right? If you really think about it, Texas is so huge. I mean, we're pretty much our own country, right? I always joke with people like that, you know, like Texas, we're really kind of here because of a, of a treaty, um, you know, so if we don't like the, you know, you, you know, what's going on with the federal government, we're just, we're just going to back out. <laughs> jokingly hashtag not jokingly but you know we were our own thing before the united states so um doesn't mean we have to you know fall off the cliff um with the united states we can go up and say you know we're doing our own thing and that's completely within our right right um autonomy uh the right to self-determination these are things that more countries that uh, well these are things that other countries wish they had you know for their people, right? And people which they have for their countries. So I think, you know, we want to maintain that. And even if we don't get to this absolutely open border thing, we at least got to move in that direction, you know? Uh, don't move in the other direction. That That's the worst thing we could do, right? The worst thing we can do as libertarians is concede to building a border wall, concede to pushing all illegal immigrants out, um, concede to having this hegemony that everybody's got to speak a certain language and walk a certain type of culture. And that really just puts walls on culture and growth as, as a, as a people. Right. But I mean, if you think about how we look at English, right. British English is not the same as, as American English, right. We've changed the language here in the United States. So the type of English we talk, if you go to the, to the UK, 
you will not be able to understand English the way they speak it, right? We have totally changed it. It's adapted a little bit of French. It's adapted some uh, Spanish, a um, couple of other languages, right? It's so, so evolutionary English. It, it can evolve with the language of whatever culture it's putting into that it changes over time, right? Even in Texas, most, Tex most Texans understand a little bit of Spanish and sometimes we, we talk what's called Spanglish, right? That's evolving into its own language. So if we had, if we had standard languages in, in our laws, the growth of language would, would stop, right? We would have, you know, state controlled language, so to speak, socialism, right? So language socialism, <laughs> you know, and it would stay stuck in a rut and nobody would be able to change it. It would never be able to evolve. Um, and it just wouldn't grow, you know? And I think that's what Texans, we want to grow, right? We're not, you know, we're not the people of, of yesterday. We're the people of today. But we have to remember the spirit of, of what Texas was about. You know, the te Texans were about, you know, uh, the right to self-determination, the right to live the life they want to without being ruled by a dictator, without being suppressed uh, by somebody who's not even there for you, right? Somebody who doesn't even help you. So um, I think if we look at it in that spirit and, and, that, and that fight and that, you know what, this is what I feel, this is... This is my freedom and I'm going to fight for it. You know, I'm going to stand up, you know, remember the Alamo, remember Goliad, then you want to fight for your rights staunchly, right? And I think that's what we have to, I think we as libertarians and we as Texans really have to stand up and, and, and tell, you know, our people that, hey, you know what, building a border is not very Texas at all, right? Building a barbed wire fence, you know, for for kids and mothers that are trying to, you know, uh, you know, flee Central America or South America from the dangers over there, you know, um, and then we're going to put barbed wire and, you know, uh, make them, you know, <laughs> bleed on barbed wire or get shot by some stupid uh, militia or whatever. So anyways, so I, I think it's very antithetical to the Texas culture, antithetical to the history of Texas that involves a lot of intermingling of cultures, intermingling of people, the development of new foods and new ideas. And this is honestly something I want to explore a little bit more um, with some of my podcasts. I'd love to meet some of these great people uh, that are out there doing Tex-Mex or fusion, food fusions in Texas or in Houston. Um, I, I mean, I would love it if I could, you know, interview or like, you know, Ninfas or... Um, El Tiempo, because they are doing some awesome, I mean, incredible Tex-Mex fusion there. Um, and they're just coming up with some great things. And they're always, you know, uh, looking at it as a culinary art. And with that, our culture changes as well and more people open up to it. Uh, but I got to tell you, if you ever go down a navigation to uh, Ninfas or El Tiempo, um, you'll see what I'm talking about. You have a huge... You're, you're looking at this area called, you know, um, Harrisburg or the East Downtown, sorry, um, which is primarily, uh, primarily Hispanic, uh, mostly Mexican, Mexican-American. Um, but you will see everybody from all walks of life, right? Um, white, black, Asian, famous, not famous, rich, 
poor, everybody comes to the same place and they eat the same food. And we all get together, we all sit next to each other, and we enjoy, you know, we enjoy the... We enjoy the Texas culture, the Tex-Mex culture, and I think that's really what Tex-Mex culture is about, is about being inclusive, it's about being friendly, it's about sharing food, sharing a moment with each other, and uh, I think, you know, having a pro-immigration stance, um, being a little bit more sympathetic to people who are, you know, doing incredible risks to get here, I think the least we can do as Texans, the least we can do as a open, uh, friendly culture texas means the friendly state by the way if you if you guys forgot um so we have to keep that spirit alive and uh when people come here let's help them out you know if our worry is about you know them going through the proper process and doing their paperwork and paying taxes then you know what don't sit there and throw stones at them right go out there and get the freaking paperwork man you know go out there and help them get signed up go out there Help them, you know, find a job, that type of thing. Because guess what? According to Trump, we're in this amazing economy. Um, so there's plenty of jobs to go around, right? Um, there's a huge farm uh, gap right there um, that is not being filled in right now by um, Americans. Um, perfect entry job for you to step uh, st as a stepping stone to move into something different. Um, so let's let's move in a more libertarian direction let's think about how we can keep borders open but still solve our problems right how can we still be the friendly state how can we be open and welcoming and inclusive of other people and other cultures and then how can we how can we grow what can i learn from them right what can i add to my own you know because um, you're looking at hey you're looking at you know looking at caesar aguirre a mexican-american um, you know, living in Houston, doing a podcast, um, you know, does Japanese martial arts, you know, speaks Tex-Mex, you know, loves European culture as well, right? Loves Whataburger, you know, stuff like that. I am qu qu the quintessential hodgepodge. Oh, and I'm a libertarian, right? Like... <laughs> How many Mexican-Americans do you know libertarians? There should be more, by the way. I feel like um, there needs to be... Libertarian is like the perfect party. The beat... Not even the party. The perfect political idea for anybody of different cultures that wants to go around and like be respectful and welcoming and opening of other cultures as long as you're not hurting each other, right? There's nothing wrong with me, you know, being uh, Mexican-American or Chinese-American or, or whatever, right? It doesn't matter. You know, we can come here, say hey to each other, share some food, share some thoughts, and uh, and and be respectful to each other. And and that's really the ultimate, you know, ultimate heart, ultimate idea of, of Texas is the friendly state. So anyways, I'm going to cut it short today, um, but I just wanted to cover that issue. This birthright citizenship is the silliest thing ever. It really needs to be fought. Um hopefully uh, it doesn't get enough steam but uh, you know just remember when you're if you ever hear friends out there talking about the reason why they need to get rid of this or the reason why they they're anti-immigrant you know whether it's not paying taxes or not following the right process well tell them sign them up you know get the paperwork you know get them signed up don't send the military there 
send some registration booths. But if you're like me, you get the feeling that this is really not about, you know, a legal proceeding. This is about the fear of different cultures coming in, fear of xenophobia. Um, and we really need to address that very specifically. Um, we need to introduce people to different cultures and different ideas and understand it's not a scary thing, right? Um, you know, so something to keep in mind, but, um, you know, my fellow Texans out there, um, I want to thank you for listening for sure, but, you know, keep, um, you know, keep going out there, keep enjoying that Tex-Mex, keep enjoying that brisket. Um, I just saw an, uh, <clears throat> a video on Pinkerton's, which is a, a great barbecue place here in, uh, in the Houston Heights area. Um, they're getting some notoriety. I, I can tell you, they got a, the juiciest brisket you can ever eat. It's amazing. Um, along with all the other foods that they got out there. Give it a try, man. Give it a try. Um, I would love to talk to that guy one day. So, uh, hopefully I will, uh, you know, finally get a chance to get out and meet some of these people in the Houston area. Maybe even branch out. Maybe I can go to San Antonio or Austin or Dallas or, and you know, if you, if there's anything out there, man, I would love to see any good fusions of Texas, um, coming together and, and, you know, how, how it happened, you know, how the help, how the free market helped and maybe how the free market didn't help, you know, something like that. Um, I like to hear people's stories and, um, you know, how, how they get helped out in, um, in, in Texas. So anyways, so thanks for listening y'all. Um, y'all have a good week. We'll see what happens this week. You never know. It's, you know, Donald Trump is always a powder keg. So, uh, but just, you know, I, and you know, before I finish off, I want to say that, um, you know, despite all the politics going on, don't forget about your basics, right? Don't forget about your friends and your family, your profession, you know, the things that are right in front of you, the things that really make, you know, life meaningful. Don't get dredged down by all the politics that are going on. Don't lose hope. I think that's really the thing I, I've learned is, you know, politics can get crazy. It can get overwhelming. Sometimes maybe you just need to break from Facebook, right? But keep your focus in front of you. Um, don't don't forget about all the other the thing the grateful things that you have. You know if you got a if you got a good supporting system for family and friends, um, or like me, you have an amazing wife. Um, you live in a, an amazing neighborhood. I got a we you know we just bought a house several months ago, and I'm loving it. I'm you know right here in the heart of, of Houston, and I absolutely love um, going out there in the metropolitan area and enjoying different foods, different cultures, different people meeting people from all different walks of life i am just super happy with it and uh get to do my podcast and do a couple other ventures now so um so despite you know uh the press and media always putting you in fear just just focus a little bit right square it down and look at your life and realize that you got a lot of good things to be grateful about i i know i do um and you know the more the more I learn, the more I, the more I see the issues that are coming up today in politics, the more I'm glad I'm a libertarian, right? A libertarian position that doesn't hurt anybody, doesn't, um, you know, offend anybody. It literally wants people to be left alone, right? Isn't that the joke? We want, we want to rule the world so that we can leave people alone, <laughs> you know? 
And that's not really a bad position. I mean, most people can agree with that. You know, as long as you're not hurting anybody, you should be left alone. So um, I think when conservatives and, you know, progressives move outside of that circle, when conservatives are intentionally hurting people because whatever fear they have, or, you know, you have progressives who are hurting people for hurting other people, then I think we lose sight of our, our morals and our ethics and our goals as a society. We should be a more open and inclusive society. And if there are people that are out there to, with violent words or um, you know things that aren't really uh, helping other people, then I think we need to uh, engage. We need to call them out and say, hey, that's, that's wrong. Um, this is why you're wrong or this is, this is how you're wrong. Um, but I think obviously the ultimate line of of this is as far as we go is violence right as i think if we can agree that violence is never the answer um that we want to have a a civil society that does use their representatives and their voting as a, a voice and as long as those representatives don't get out of line which they have by the way where i didn't even talk about the debt which i will get into probably next week um, but that's a, another story for another day. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I, you know, I wanted to focus here on this immigration position and understand why libertarians are pro-immigration, um, have pro-immigration stances, why we favor the open borders. And if we don't have an open border, then we need to move in the direction as close as we can to it. Um, and then how that has influenced and impacted the Texas culture, because Anybody who's a Texan, you know, anybody who's been born, who was born here, who's had family here, um, you know, the the mixing and intermingling of so many different cultures. We wouldn't be the same if we didn't have immigrants. So um, we, we need to start aligning ourselves, getting ourselves back to our roots. All right. Well, y'all have a good month. Y'all have a good week. Uh, it's Monday night. Uh, hopefully you'll listen to this on Tuesday morning. Um, but, uh, I will catch y'all next time.